Hello, everyone. Mike Schiappa here, Chief Procurement Officer at Beeline. Welcome to the podcast series, CPO Open Mic, where I discuss thought leadership, industry insights, current trends, and future thought-provoking topics. Each episode, a new guest from the procurement ecosystem joins me to discuss their area of expertise, passions, and a lot more. On today's episode, I'm really excited to be joined by Joseph Martinez, a prominent procurement executive having held many top-level positions. Most recently, he was the CPO at BNY Mellon. Joseph brings more than 30 years of experience in supply chain management and was named as one of the top 100 supply chain leaders globally by Supply Chain Digital Magazine for 2020. He has led procurement organizations at Bank of America, MUFG, Deutsche Bank, American Express, just to name a few. He has spent over 10 years living and working internationally in Asia and two years in the Latin America markets. Post-university, Joseph also served eight years in the US military. He has contributed to publications and written articles on topics of supply chain management for the International Association for Commercial Contract Management and the Institute for Supply Management. Joseph is a co-author for the CPSM study guide in the three book ISM professional series certified professional in supply management. He's also a certified sourcing professional and a 2019 Supernova Sourcing Hall of Fame, Fame recipient. I've known Joseph for a few years and I really appreciate his approach, his viewpoints and all of his insights into the procurement profession. So again, I'm really excited to have Joseph on. And Joseph, thank you for joining me today and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you inviting me to speak with you and the Beeline team. Excellent. So I have a few topics that I would like to cover today that really all revolve around the evolution of procurement and the impact this profession has on organizations. And it's a topic that has come up several times on my podcast, and I think it will continue to come up because it's an evolving topic because of the impact that our profession has on organizations. My first question, Joseph, would be, how do you see the transformation of procurement progressing currently in today's environment? Well, I think that we're seeing a change and an enhancement based on new technologies that are coming into play, as well as market forces that are actually driving when you think about what's really happened in the supply chain over the last decade or so, we've really had to deal with a number of different issues. If you think back to 2011, there was the big tsunami and earthquake that happened in Japan, which really started to test resiliency and get people to start thinking about how do they actually manage supply chains effectively? What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? How do we actually look, look across a supply chain to make sure that we're able to continue to move forward? That was unfortunately the beginning of a view and really wasn't taken as seriously by as many companies as one would think. But what then happened was obviously in March of 2020, the world came to a stop with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. So we're seeing that there's a, an evolution in terms of the way supply chains are run. We're seeing the elevation of procurement and supply chain in the C-level. It's something that is discussed at board levels, it's discussed by CEOs, et cetera. And 
what's happening now is that we're starting to be able to be seen as more than just a profession. We're also seen as a critical component in any business strategy that's out there. I think um, you're going to start to see, and we have seen through that evolution, the change in roles and the changing focus on our supply chain professionals. If you think back, going back to the 90s, between I'd say between 1990 and the early 2000s, that was really a year of transactional buying. And that's where during that period of time, we started to see that things were starting to be replaced relative with, you know, new ERP systems were being put in. The expectation of the profession started to rise. You started to see that inside universities, degrees were starting to shift away from operations to actually having a, an actual supply chain degree. You started to see the fundamental shift away from manual process to ERP utilization. You then saw with the dot-com technology has really evolved very rapidly within what we're doing and we're starting to avail ourselves. Most of us are using AI and ML in some capacity within our supply chains. Many supply chains are now using robotics process automation. And again, what that's doing is it's leading to a change and a shift in terms of the work and the focus that individuals are, are doing. So they're being supported and, and enhanced in terms of what's really happening based on the technologies that are evolving. And what that's doing is it's freeing up a subset of the overall organization to, to really have some strategic roles. We used to talk about category management, but now we have a positions of category management that is really specialized. You're now starting to see standardized data taxonomies, which are enabling us to get access to the information that we need in a consistent manner across the supply chain so that you can then start to really think, what's that future tech stack that you're going to put in place? How does that impact what that client experiences as we're dri driving forward? Yeah, that's great, Joseph. You, you bring up a lot of topics that I want to dig into a little bit more throughout the podcast here. But I think for my listeners, what's interesting to me is CPO to CPO, right? That's the unique mm -hmm. dynamic that me and you have right now. Mm -hmm. When you look at the top of the trees, you bring up the C-suite and the C-level of the elevation of chief procurement officers and the procurement organization. I see throughout many of the organizations that I've spoken with, and most recently at my, my last organization, CPOs are not at the table with the C-suite. They may have some interaction with them in various capacities, et cetera. But I always see that very often, a lot of the CFOs and CEOs talk about strategic initiatives around cost savings and optimization and risk mitigation and what have you, but we very rarely see a CPO at the C-suite, right? Actually being a direct report to the CEO. What, what are your thoughts around that? It's almost like it's time for the CEOs to say, hey, my CPO is going to be on my team. They should be sitting next to the CFO. They should be sitting next to the CIO, et cetera. What are your thoughts around that? I agree with you. When you think back, okay, when you think back maybe 25, 30 years ago, that's really when you saw that the, the position of the CIO actually got uplifted to actually being a direct report of the, of the CEO. We're at that same type of an inflection point. When you start to think about what the, the skill sets are and what the requirements are, I think that we're going to start to see that because I think this pandemic has helped us to understand that we need to start transforming our organizations and kind of in that hub and spoke model, the chief procurement officer and the supply chain virtually across the entire ecosystem that is a company. 
a CPO and a CIO both have to be experts in their functions. They've got to know the business. You can't have a CPO who doesn't understand the business that he's in and how they actually make money, because then that individual is not going to have the capacity to be able to set the vision and the direction and to drive to the outcomes that are actually going to improve the earnings per share for their shareholders. What has to happen, I think, is that the CIOs need to be farsighted, right? They have to be visionaries looking out there as to what's next. Well, guess what? The CPO has to do the same thing now. And I would tell you that the reason there's going to be that significant bump is that when you think about what's really happening now with the, with the emergence of technologies such as cloud computing, the cloud computing basically changes the role of the CIO. The CIO historically was running a data center and, and was basically looking at KPIs and SLAs and keeping the systems up and running inside their own environment. Now, with the shift over to cloud, and we're seeing the adoption of cloud more and more, what's happening is that really starts to fall into the purview of what a supply chain professional is doing, whether it's third-party risk management, whether it's the IT sourcing to put the agreements in place. I think that you're starting to see that convergence, and I think that gives an opportunity to elevate the role of the chief procurement officer to be a direct report and to be a peer, because they're having to be able to train their teams in complex tasks that really require that second level thinking. So no longer are they just about checking a box and going through a compliance process. But what they are now is they're helping to actually look at and get creative and help to be able to drive an outcome for their organizations. When you think about, about uh, data visualization and, and the virtualization tools that we're seeing, those right now are really coming into their own within the procurement organizations. If I'm in a manufacturing environment, I need to know everything that I have within my supply chain. I need to be able to rely on my supply chain professionals to be able to provide that level of information. So you're starting to see that data science is being introduced into the, not only just the vocabulary, but also into the actual acumen of what the sourcing professionals are doing. You're starting to see mature level data analytics groups that are evolving inside the procurement organization and then are being seeded into other parts of, of the organization. So I really think that you know this is all helping to elevate that level of the profession. One of the benefits of organizations like Amazon is that it has changed the way end users want their experience to interact with the supply chain. Gone are the days when they ask you to do something, time passed, and then something happened. They want that Amazon experience right now where, it's, where they can self-serve, where they have a variety of capability to select from, where they're able to have a very ease of transaction and they're able to reduce the cycle times and be able to see what's happening across that life cycle at any time. So it, it's forcing our procurement professionals to be creative. It's forcing us to be proactive. And it's forcing us to rethink what that client experiences, items that we have to do in order to be able to be efficient and effective, but we're constantly having to be able to understand and think about it from the end user's perspective. How do we make their life easier with whatever transaction that they're going through so that they're able to be able to drive the end results, which is ultimately making money for an organization? Yeah, I love that perspective, Joseph, because I think there's too often procurement organizations, they push out to their internal user community what they think is the most appropriate way or the best way to, to procure goods and services, whether it's the technology, the processes, et cetera, without 
really getting a partnership in place and really understanding what the user is getting out of that transaction or relationship. And I think too often you find that there's not enough give and take or partnership internally in getting that uh, information from the internal users on how to make things easier for them. And ultimately we wanna make their jobs easier and we wanna enable them to be successful in their, in their positions and in their roles. So I think that's a really good point. Folks need to think more internally of how do they enable and make their internal folks that much better at what they do. And user experience is certainly uh, top of mind when that comes up. When you talk about data analytics, I think that gets a lot of press these days. And there's a lot of technology around data analytics for all types of commodities, services, et cetera. And I 100% agree with you in terms of having data analytics groups within procurement organizations. Traditionally, it was more reporting groups and just reporting information, but now it's around actionable data that can be used to drive specific outcomes that organization wants to drive. How have you seen data being utilized within procurement organizations? Do you think procurement organizations are utilizing the data the right way, or are we still in that arena where they're still figuring out what's the right data to present, who to present it to? Well, I guess when I go back and I think about the acceleration in digital and analytics is really coming back to when people are starting to think about what is industrializable and repeatable. And that goes back to what I talked about. What kind of a taxonomy do we have in place so that we're able to speak the same language across the ecosystem? What is the creation of value across a given organization? I think in order for it to be effective, you need to have a seamless functional integration across your operations. And I'm not just talking procurement operations, I'm talking organization. Without that, I think that it's almost impossible for you to be able to utilize the analytics because current business intelligence people are dependent on very expensive tools that are cumbersome to keep up to date if you don't have a consistent taxonomy and a tech stack that will support that. That is one of the key areas where I think we're starting to see within procurement and supply chain where there are companies out there that are offering intelligent search that are, are helping you to go from just thinking about it to how do you get it to really how do you collaborate and act on it? And what we care about is how do you collaborate and act? We don't really want to spend a lot of time and energy having to manipulate the data. We want to be able to ask to use the data so that we can have hyper-personalized results-driven recommendations off of the uh, information that we currently have. I, I think that's really important for us to be thinking about that because prior to 1998, if you looked at the search engines, Yahoo or whoever else were out there at that time, they were very text-driven. Then in 1998, you saw that Google came out with essentially a very clean interface that allowed you to use their algorithms to type in and will provide information to you that is relevant to where you're at. But guess what? We've continued to struggle inside our organizations with being able to have that ease of use to be able to grab the insights and grab the information that we need in order to be impactful. But there are companies out there now that have cracked that code in order to be able to allow us to be able to take the information, synthesize the information, present the information, glean the insights from the information, and use that to elevate what we're doing in, in order to be able to drive a, a more robust outcome for our clients. And in, in, in our terms, our client sit is ultimately the internal users, but 
our internal users are the folks that are actually interfacing with our true customers out there that are hopefully buying our goods, our services, and enabling us to reach new levels of insight, which will drive greater revenue for us. Yeah, that, no, that's great. Clearly, we all know that technology is helping us move forward and get things done quicker, faster, with more intelligence, et cetera. What, what I hear from a lot of clients and folks within my network is we know it's the right thing to do. We know that there's best in breed. There's all these technologies, but it's hard for us to, number one, put together the right ROI find the right areas to insert the technology and it costs us money. And there's all these hurdles that need to be overcome. What are some of your experiences and things that you would like to suggest when folks are going through that analysis of putting in the right technologies to further advance their agenda? Well, the first thing I would say is that before you pick a technology, you better have a good, clear and concise understanding of your process. Because throwing technology against a bad process is just going to make it quicker to get to a bad result. It's really important that the practitioners out there look at what the current processes that they have, how they might be able to optimize that process and challenge themselves. When you go back in and you take a look at the evolution of process in, in organizations, typically there's some other organization that is doing what I call an exported control into the procurement organization. But it really has nothing to do with what you need to do in order to be able to provide uh, a good or a service to your end user. It's somebody else inside the organization that does not have the technical capability or frankly is exporting the control into you because it's easy to do that. And it makes you guys the, the traffic. You got to clean sheet everything, rethink until you get down to level four on a process map. And then you check for any exported controls and you start to see where things are. It's going to be difficult because you need to answer, what is the business question that I'm trying to solve for? How am I exploring that through my processes and the information that I have? And then how do I use that to make a decision? Sounds really easy, right? But it's not because it's going to take a lot of time and effort. And you have to do this as the foundational work before you start going in and, and, and looking at a tool. Once you've explored what those processes are, then you can go and start to make the decision around the technology that you're looking for. Don't get tripped up on features. Make sure that whatever the solution is that's being provided to you has not only the ability to facilitate a transaction, but to be able to provide you the data and analytics that you need in order to be effective. Now, what you also want to do is look at it and just say, if it's something that's really transactional, how, how do I automate that? Whether it's through the use of a bot or some sort of a digital tool. Okay, because I want to get human beings out of that. There's not a lot of value that they're going to add there. Then how do I go up that stack a little bit and provide the digital tools to the operational buyers that need to be able to do something and they need a system of process in order to do that, which then allows you to have that third group of these strategic buyers really act more effectively as almost internal consultants from a supply chain point of view to your various organizational stakeholders. So Technology is important, but it's not the first thing. They always say people, process, and technology. I would say you need to look at your process first, then your people, then your technology. And, and that's a, a revolutionary way of thinking about it. You need to make sure that you're understanding your process. Then you need to understand what is the data taxonomy that you need to create in order for you to be able to scale. 
then you need to figure out what is the tech stack that I need in order to be able to make sure that's working. And how is the technology solving not only the problem today, you need to move your, your technology suppliers from being suppliers to being partners. And a huge differentiator there is a partner will show you what their roadmap is and take input into it. A supplier will just say, here it is, you got to use it this way. It enables you to rethink what your operating models are down to a functional level. So you're providing greater experience with the ability to collect the relevant data that is needed in order to provide the relative intelligence and insight as you go through with, with the very ease of a transaction. Ho hopefully that makes some sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And I think one of the, in terms of the people part of all those great things that you just talked about, one of the things that I would always preach uh, in my prior company is for my folks to be trusted advisors to the organization and to their internal customers. And like you said, exactly, being those internal consultants to the business, which is really where you bring that value to the organization. And again, back to what I was saying before, enabling them to be better at what they do. And I just, I love that the transactional buying, like you talked about the manual processing, changing that to automation as much as possible and elevating those buyers and your folks to strategic. And like I said, trusted advisors. When you think about that, Joseph, do you think that there's enough training and enough focus on the people part of that as we're evolving as a procurement organization? Because I can see the process, I can see the technology, but I don't see a lot on the people part of the training and really getting the, the people to get to that next level. Or, or maybe it's just on the job training, or maybe it's just up to us as leaders in the procurement ecosystem to continue to drive that kind of uh, knowledge sharing across the board. What are your thoughts when you really think about the people part? Of well, I think about that almost 30 years ago, I used to work for American Express and I worked for a gentleman. I'm going to give him a shout out here to named Joseph Yakura. And Joe said back then something that has really remained relevant to me throughout my entire career. He used to say, you need to be the CEO of your own career. That means that you need to be hungry and you need to be able to really think how to continuously train and retrain yourself. There are great organizations out there, whether that's ISM, whether it's a sourcing industry group, whether it's SIPS or PAsia, any of these groups offer some really relevant training for individuals to go in there. There's great certification programs. If you're wanting to focus like on learning contracting, going to the World Contracting Service, that used to be called IACCM, they have some, some really great training. So there's an abundance of training out there. It's a matter of availing itself. And there's also the universities that have a lot of programs where, where individuals can go. But I do think that it's really important for uh, us as leaders to also help to set a roadmap for what we expect folks to do at the various levels within their career. Mm -hmm. So I think working with the HR organization, working with the training departments, how do we actually create a, a curriculum that is fit for purpose so that we can actually cross-pollinate individuals in their career in and out of the supply chain into other parts of the organization. I've, in several of my organizations that I've led, I, I feel really pleased that I've hired folks out of the technology organization. And by the way, we've actually seeded people into the technology organization mm -hmm. because they were seen as subject matter experts within a particular area. That helps us to think about how do we improve the acumen of our practitioners. How do you move from just the traditional things that you do from a procurement perspective 
to how do they start thinking about supply chain? And then how do they actually start thinking about what's happening in the manufacturing components of things? And then how does that all interact with, with, with the sales organization? So you, you got to think of it across the life cycle, not just the one dimensional lens that, that is procurement. It's, it's a great point. And I think it all coincides with a big thing that's going on right now. And that's just retention and making, you know, the talent that we have in our organizations, keeping them happy, keeping them engaged, keeping them progressing towards their career goals, et cetera, because there's a lot of opportunities for top talent to go elsewhere. I love your line of being a CEO of your career. I think that is spot on. It's just really important for organizations to put a spotlight on their talent and their people to help them grow, especially in today's world, because retention is such an important topic. No, absolutely. And what, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get people to be enlightened professionals who are thinking outside of what their current position is. I always talk about creating a tribe. You're trying to elevate the level of cohesiveness and understanding with the individuals that you're working with to a level that you're able to really be more effective. And that, that then becomes your tribe. If you're in supply chain, you should be talking to the data scientists. Your company probably has a group that's there. You can avail yourselves of that. These are the folks that you need to work with because you need to be able to take the data and translate that into the insights that your team can utilize. So that means that you should be talking to the various parts of the organization that are involved in digital change because that's what's actually going to help to elevate the type of activity that you're doing. Because otherwise, what's going to happen is they're just going to outsource it again. Yeah. In, in many organizations, that very fundamental layer of transactional buyers, they're either, they're going to be bots in the next 10 years, but right now they're probably being pushed out to a BPO provider. And then that next level up that I talked about, which are those operational buyers, those are now going to become seen like the transactional buyers because as AI and ML starts to really take place and take hold, there are groups out there that are focused on tailspin and automation negotiation. So you're trying to make sure that you're pushing people up into the strategic component. And that strategic component means that they need to think like data scientists. They need to think like salespeople. They need to think like everybody across the organization and they're bringing their subject matter expertise. But I think that's a differentiator for, for our profession so that we don't become obsolete. Think about this. So there used to be a profession that was, that has now been completely eliminated, but it actually was a profession back at the turn of the century or the previous century. And that was the elevator operator. There used to be somebody in an elevator when you went in there, whose job was to push what floor you're going to. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that's the old guy that was creating the manual purchase orders. That's gone. Yeah. So, so if you don't evolve, you become the dinosaurs extinct. We either get strategic or you're going to be extinct. That's exactly right. We've covered a lot of topics, Joseph, and I love the kind of future thinking viewpoints and insights that you've had today. Is there anything else that you'd like to let my listeners know about the future? What are your thoughts? Anything else that you'd like to illustrate? Well, I think that it's the future is now. What I mean by that is your procurement organizations need to be ready to be seen as leaders in the whole digital transformation of a company. And when you start to think about where we are with blockchain, where we are with AI, where we are with robotics process automation, et cetera, a lot of those innovations are actually happening within the supply chain. Being able to understand our past in terms of really the fact that we understand a process very well, that we know how to negotiate very capably, but really keeping an eye towards how you can help lead transformation because 
you don't want somebody else to lead it for you because then you're going to end up with basically being told where to go, not being able to go where you know that you should. So I think getting that level of insight and, and foresight is critically important if you're going to be efficient and effective in however you're delivering your procurement component. We've got to make sure that we're driving the change and that we're not in the trunk. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Driving change. You've driven change throughout the years, my friend. I really appreciate your time today, Joseph. This was a great episode talking about a lot of different things around technology, people, process, and what do you think of the future? Again, really appreciate your time. I thank you for, for joining me today. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. And I really well, I want to thank you from an industry perspective for putting on this CPO type discussions. I think it's really critically important as we're trying to drive the transformations and you giving us a platform to interact with you and the folks at Beeline who are at the forefront of a lot of this digital change is really important to me. Thank you. I, pre I appreciate that, Joseph, very much. This concludes the episode today and be sure to connect and follow me on LinkedIn and follow at Beeline VMS on Twitter to stay informed on upcoming episodes. Again, I would like to thank everyone for listening. Be safe out there and have a great day.